0: Hello, and welcome to the No Good Poetry Podcast. Each week we talk about the good, the bad, and the ugly of poetry. This is episode 75 with
1: Joseph Makos and Joseph Pievenu. This is the good, bad, and the ugly, isn't it? Some ugly shit out there, kids. Let's make the world safer for poetry. we are again back in the the shop uh for another episode of
0: six poets you maybe maybe not so for definitely maybe could have maybe possibly heard of before
1: but maybe you didn't but you could have (laughs) if you're into poetry (laughs) and we have on our uh the show today uh a second time guest but in a new space well, uh,
0: third time, third if, time you count, if you count... Third time, consider talking about her. If you count, she was on what? 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 That was maybe the second iteration of Six boats you may not have heard of. That
1: is true. Oh. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> like we recruited you. Yeah. Brought you in, though. No, I think it's great to have you here, actually. We were at the Shore Restaurant talking about um, uh, Outlandish Press and... Uh, the shenanigans that you be get beginning up to with your cohorts in your environs of Cleveland, mm-hmm. but now you're back here uh, in New Orleans, hanging out in the shop, helping out, and m- talking about poetry and writing a lot of poetry, actually, mm-hmm. which is great. Um, it's great to have you here. It's good to be here, Zena Smith.
2: Da-da. Da-da. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and here we are.
1: We're here talking about poetry and poets that you may have never heard of, uh, and we all have a little grouping of poets today. I don't know, do we want to spin the wheel and find out who goes first?
0: Maybe we should start with our guest.
2: Sure. What you got? I, mean, I have, well, I brought Frank Stanford, and I brought just the... You
1: brought him with you today? Where's he at? <laughs> well,
2: I wish. <laughs> i so in love with him. No, I brought uh, What About This, which is the collective poems that uh, Copper Canyon just put out a couple of years ago. Looks formidable. Um, it's, uh, yeah, it's a tome, and um, yeah, it's pretty wild. I mean, it's just tons and tons and tons of poems and excerpts from the book-length poem uh, The Battlefield Where the Moon Says I Love You. So it, this is a really good introduction. I mean, it does look a little bit daunting, but no, it's a great introduction. You can just flip through it and kind of like, you know... Roll the dice with
1: it. That's nice, nice metaphor, and uh, the idea that you can just flip into a book. I like, I like books like that. That that looks like one of those. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Have you been chipping into it?
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah. I um I discovered him probably two years ago. I just like when I worked at the library, we ordered the book, and I was like, whoa, who's the hunk, you know? And like, <laughs> I don't know, I just uh. I, I haven't seen
0: up. that collected. That's nice. That looks like a nice... I want him on yeah. my flag football team. You
2: wanna, you wanna no, pass?
0: I haven't.
1: Yeah, I haven't. He
2: was a football player.
1: I, so, that's so funny. I didn't know that. In but high I, school, but yeah. But I was just like, I want him on my flag football team.
2: For sure. Yeah, no, he was a slugger. He was just a wild man, too. Like Some of the stories you hear about him are crazy. Anything come to mind?
1: Any, any anecdotal? Oh, uh... I and
0: mean, it's Copper Canyon. Nice. Yeah. Mm-hmm
2: was, do you know, Joseph, uh, the story about how they were throwing that party for someone who had just received their MFA and there were all of these, like, academic heads in this house and he and his one buddy got really, like, they, he got irritated with all of the the academic jargon, so he shot a shotgun into the ceiling in the living room, and there were, like, revving chainsaws up in the kitchen, and, like, <laughs> it was really funny, the guy who's, like, telling the story, he was like, well, I was on mushrooms, so it just seemed weirdly normal to me, like, it was just like, <laughs> oh, it's just Tuesday. Oh, go ahead.
0: I mean, I don't know that that does sound that unusual for an MFA party. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, no, he uh. Just make sure no one's in the room upstairs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't think about that. Kind of <laughs> 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 Insert shotgun loading sound That's, right. <laughs> That's gonna be another poet. Here, wait, ready?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> That'll be Fox. another poet story. That were like, I was never a poet. Until one day, just out of nowhere, I was just sitting in my apartment (laughs) reading a book. I got shot by Frank Stanford.
2: (laughs) (laughs) I got shot by Frank Stanford.
1: (laughs) Is there another? We have to do another episode now of like Poets Who Shot People.
0: (laughs) Uh, I think that'd be a pretty long list, to be honest.
2: I'm not on that one by the time you do it. I might have to be in for my fourth run.
1: about people who poets who have shot people or people who have been shot by poets. So
0: you discovered you discovered this book kind of by accident. But mm-hmm. you want to talk a little bit about what you what you like about about Frank here.
2: I mean, he just has the language is just it's insane. It's really just like I mean, you could just flip to anything and it's just like these certain lines are just so magical. And he just has like there's really like the language and, like, you know, like, the heavy Ozark accent and, like, the, like the mythos is just so, like, I don't know, it just, like, it all marries into this very, like, like, there's nobody, nobody writes like him. Like, he has yeah. such a distinctive style and it's just so, like, it's just badass, you know? Like, he's just badass. Like, this is, like, this is a book that you can, like, you know, fucking, like, get a handle of whiskey and, like, you know, go sit out in the grass and just like, you know, read this shit out loud into like, you know, like the holler like it's just like it's almost like they kind of read to me like prayers or something like there's something about it that is like Mm
0: mhm, yeah
2: I don't know like there's just like and they're not really like I mean he does touch down on religion a lot but I don't know there's just something like like, it's, like, mantra or something. I don't know. And, I mean, and there's stories, too. Like, they they really have, like, a a lot of them have a good narrative quality, and they're really just, like, you know, some are, like, really hard to read. Some of them are really tender. Like, there's everything in this book, and, like, he just covers all of these bases, and, like, I don't know. There's just so much... But he's just a beefy poet, dude. <laughs> Let's hear
1: one. Let's, hear one. Let's hear one. Let's hear yeah. one. You want to go find a
2: holler to go belt one in? Yeah. <laughs> Hold on. Let me finish this beer. Um. And, I mean, he was... He read so much, and his influences are really, like... Yeah. You know, you know he was very astute for someone who didn't, you know, like, pursue poetry in an academic sense, which, you know, like, I haven't, and so I appreciate you Know the self taught aspect of it as well. Well, the best readers <laughs>
0: probably don't get too entangled in academia, but sure, because they because they more
1: maybe sp- spread out wider than like the the shoots that academia puts you in these shoots. Like, oh, read this, like a mm-hmm. bunch of this shit. So, oh, yeah, let's, let's hear some, some one lineage.
0: This
2: is one of my favorites. This is the one I. I referenced earlier when we were doing that uh, that game it's, uh, it's called Island Lord, it was dark up yonder Like it was night in the afternoon Death had a smell to him Like he had wild root hair oil on his head When I was a child, I slept in a dark room I was fond of sleeping I didn't have worms, the secret of somnambulist We all did, we all were Lighting out after death the things we had, we kept to lose. We didn't jump cables for love. Death was like a man in a bow tie looking for a hubcap. We had spy glasses. We all figured death ran a hotel. That was because he had keys you could send back and many pillows. Whoa, back boys! Oh goddamn. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it really does just like like that's like a chant almost. Like there's just something about like the language and the rhythm that's just like, oh, it's so good.
1: Yeah. Raw, rustic, but refined. Yeah. Sorry, that just came out, but that's the three things that just reminded, I don't know, it just took I mean,
0: I love I love his short poetry, but it's always amazing to me, like, his ability to continue to do that inside of a narrative, too. Is mm-hmm. just like... Because he has battlefield but then he also has what's the one with all the frog gigging <laughs> it seems like there's endless frog gigging going on
2: is it the light in the dead sea
0: yeah mm-hmm. yeah
2: because um, he had the book of short stories but I don't I've never seen one I don't think they reprinted it so it's kind of like floating and
0: the there's a collection yeah there's a collection of some of that stuff and maybe some of it is yeah maybe it is in the light the dead sea but yeah, he, he. he uh, I mean, that's amazing enough in a shorter form poetry, but then to keep that going where something where you have a narrative going on
2: at the same time. Yeah, it's insane. <laughs> it's so insane. Can I read one? Yeah.
1: This is, uh, yeah, just like I kind of like just leaf through it, and open something up. Nine men from the hills tuning the mandolins of silence. A stare will become a scar if you don't watch it like a hawk or gypsy who blew into town, hunting no good to drift like those who are there. For good and watching you like they want you to break camp before you've made it. What the hell, you're just passing through like the moon. You just light there, for a while anyway, like a dragonfly with its tail in its mouth to sharpen knives and burn your initials into the body. Of some stringed instrument with a spyglass, you might choose some time, a life maybe, even your good for nothing life, slipping around like that in your caravan of shadows, eyeing everybody's wife.
0: No, Frank Stanford's amazing, and uh, fortunately, now you can read him.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Where for so long, he was one of these people that you heard about, and I was like, well, but unfortunately, you can't get any of his books. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> for a long time it was like that, right? It was just like mm-hmm. people would tell you about him and I'd be like, "Well, everything's out of print. Yeah. You've got to be super lucky to find any of this." But I, everything is a, is back in print now. Battlefield's back in print, and now you've got this collected for all the other stuff. Um, I think the
2: collected really opened up a new readership for him because it was like pretty well covered. You know, like a, there were some good reviews of it, and. Um, I think that he's a lot easier to access now, and people have definitely been, like, you know, people haven't been sleeping on it necessarily, but I just don't, I don't hear enough about him, I feel like, for how incredible his body of work is.
0: Well, the strange
2: thing is, though,
0: like, that's funny, I'm saying that, like, now you can read him, I heard a lot more about him when... You couldn't read
2: him. <laughs> well, because of the myth, you know. Like, yeah, no, like there is the a very much of Frank a myth. <laughs> Stanford is just so alluring to people that I think that yeah, that there's just like
0: but the poetry itself is more amazing than the myth, I think. Yeah. Um
2: no, I mean if you were a fucking office jock, I would still read this, you know. It's incredible. It's unbelievable.
0: But yeah, that you're right. I mean, there was this whole idea tied up with that. Yeah. Well, you know, that's always, like, you know, anything. It's unavailable. It, it becomes... Like, what? You didn't get to read this thing that you can't possibly find? Yeah. <laughs> Which was kind of what it is. But, I mean, I think it's great that you know, all of that's available again, and you can... I don't know, and I think especially for, like, southern poets, you don't have a lot of... Role models. Uh-huh. Uh, I can't. It's hard to think of a better role model than Frank Stanford in that way. As far sure. as like someone you could be.
2: Yeah.
0: You know. <laughs> wow.
2: Badass.
0: May I guess you have a book open
1: in your lap? Yeah, I was just thinking about another poet that I have to talk about today, uh, dear friend. Cleveland uh, confidant and uh, wonderful poet and activist I would say is the most acute explanation of Kate Sopko Um, I have a couple books here of hers I have a a couple chaps one of the very first books I ever uh, put out with the Language Foundry this was a Language Foundry paper book I remember that one um, from 2008 and then a book that she put out with uh, a cool press over on West 25th it used to be there, Orange Blossom Press. Um, this other cool book called Oh Yes, This Was Earned, Blood Poems for Nonviolent Lovers. So I'm going to read a piece out of this other book that she is in, Hotel Poem, and then talk about these books a little bit. Uh, so here's Empathy with Bones. The footpaths where I'm singing under my breath house a new nastiness. The men of ill intentions creep behind me. They wish to reelect the president or sit on my bicycle as if it was always theirs. I'm ticking off this misfides one by one, them detonating in imagings redder than the real thing. So so HBO and execution style made for red carpet whinings. I cannot pluck real scar from the fake. Can I tell the killer from the gods in disguise? Come to test the times for ripeness, picking in sweet lines. So here among white noises, where voices are no longer heard, I seek to tell what I've learned. This revolution speak of may just be the transcending of each subsequent nightmare. As some men are lulled to sleep by the screams they inflict, our terror is sane. Power is finding low intensity hidey-holes and disguises itself in what armies issue. I can stare down once I spot it. Watch smelly cloaks unfold the deep, deep sadness and the sad responsibility. But green is green on the muddiest greens of green. Nice.
2: I love Kate's
1: so. Yeah. Kate's really a wellspring of inspiration uh, in Cleveland there and doing a lot of amazing stuff curating uh social engagement um practice as her as her poetics as her uh as her work um as an activist and as a poet and as a filmmaker and host and all sorts of other things um doing empath work and 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 counseling uh just sort of as a natural human sort of like natural inclination and uh she actually was like the custodian at the bad, the most badass church in Tremont that has like amazingly gorgeous stained glass windows and the that crazy big, round like, it's almost like a 360 like where you can sit.
2: Stone, the, black
1: That big black the, stone church, yeah, yeah.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, I forget, it might be the Episcopal church so mm-hmm.
2: maybe, yeah. I had a friend who was a custodian there too different.
1: Really, different time frame But yeah, Kate was an inspiration in the early parts of Language Foundry and been doing work a long time ever since and and uh, she was in hotel poem which was the thing uh, we put out in Cleveland and then and then this was the first book that I picked up of Kate's that really just like kind of brought me in which is a super cool um, little offering
2: which one is that
1: this is like this is like some some jam that she put out really early this is an early Kate Sopko jam um, I don't even know there's no date on it oh yes this was earned check it out. I don't know. I, I doubt you could find a copy of it. Maybe on A Books, maybe in a wild card uh, wild of a car, of a bookstore, yeah. maybe at Max Backs and some Sunday afternoon. But, you know? yeah. yeah. And then this book I think was an interesting uh, if anybody reading this, if anyone hearing this podcast wants a copy of this book, just write us a email or send us a note on one of the things and I'll mail you a copy of this for free. That's kind of the deal that we have. Everything left goes for free if anyone wants it. It's a good book. And what she does with this book, Stewards of the Lost Lands, what she intersperses poetry with um, essays on all sorts of stuff. The environment, um, sex, relationships, and just like social mischief and other interesting cool shit. So, and she does like a pretty solid job of blending the two things. And we put... Um, this was a big project. I think we printed... I want to say we printed like five, six, seven hundred copies of this book and just jetted
0: out. But you're going to read something from the other book. Yeah, I'm going to read something from the other book
1: in the first place.
0: Seems the bed succumbed
1: to wet dream, and swimming thus we rose to ridiculous standard, half slumber stretched to sky, so surpassing to size, so elong, to dimensions so distort, to magnetic, so charge. Today starts the beauty race, last lapping up of slick intentions, slickly flapping up over, up over until topping, toppling all. We are topless, gold, pedestaled, and so silicone epidermal crust inside a shivering cold and disgusted, disgust, critiqued, marvel, acclaimed, ludicrous rain gear, undynamic body here propelled by triple X dream states. You will be begs attention of what is. Start to finish A human race
0: Nice
1: Yeah I don't know She's pretty Cleveland famous In my book But I think like Probably not too many people Have heard of her Outside of there So it's like uh-huh. Getting out uh, Kate's work She's so good Yeah She's a shaker and mover Yeah She does We're gonna put a link To Kate's project That she's got On the uh, on the show notes It's called The Maker, I'm sorry, we can edit this out, but it's called The Makers, Builders, Thinkers. Kate's Project, we're going to put a link to Kate's Project, I think I got that part.
0: And Joseph, you have. Uh, right. so I'm going to do a little experiment here. Uh oh. Before I say who this poet is, I'm going to read a poem. I want you to guess what time period this is from. Nice. All right. Alright. With Japanese lanterns, month of brides like white roses, perfect days, the garden dew-faced green good to look at, June's festival, Sabrina on her pedestal in front of the conservatory, my fleet-footed Thetis out of wind-dark sea. Do not look at me. I feel so young and helpless as though I don't belong in this lawn of laughter where the Japanese lanterns hang from the pine trees, the tennis courts, a rotunda of nymphs in the arms of their partners, walking amid these elegant young men, girls like petals. Do not touch them. They are too delicate for your thought. I dared not walk among them, but stood in my room looking out. Could I ever be as wise, looking... Handsome as that man in his Chrysler car, now no longer surprised that so fair their faces foul their tongues. They are my orchids, blonde and brunette, knowing what it is worth. Neither discreetly nor prudently. Tomorrow to fresh woods and lanterns new.
2: I've heard that poem before.
0: <laughs> well, you might know what this is, but no,
2: I can't place. It. <laughs>
0: But if just like judging stylistically, although I think I read the wrong one because that's maybe the least tricky one. What time period would you think that would be from? Is it was that written in English or was it translated? It was written in English. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, I want to say it was the the 1870s.
2: 1870.
1: 1870? Hell no! I'm going to say <laughs> 1960s. Uh, okay. Um, I guess I'll say. <laughs>
0: We picked a bad one as far as that but i thought you would think it was uh old was uh newer so, than it is because it's is it he poetry? died in 1946 oh wow! okay and that's david schubert and david schubert's a real interesting poet but he died so young that he was not particularly well known but you know he was a he um You know, he was just like during the age of high modernism. Really, Um, Robert Frost was his professor. Whoa, right? Uh, That does not sound like Robert Frost to me. (laughs) Um, And you know, but but he was pretty well published, but he died of tuberculosis in his thirties, so his work didn't really didn't really get that far out there. But he was diagnosed with schizophrenia and he was kicked out of college kind of early on Uh, so his career got maybe cut a little short but um, William Carlos Williams said of David Schubert to sit down for a little while and reread some of Schubert's rare and poignant verse is like opening a window in a room that had become stuffy without ones realizing it and you know, I i think his stuff is great but it very much feels to me like it could have been i don't know i think 60s is what i would have guessed like he feels <laughs> like he could have been much much later he to me he's like so far ahead of his ahead of his time and i might have not picked the best one to read first but i just was interested to see what y'all would guess time wise i um i don't i think i first ran into him from um john ashbury talked about him in other traditions and um but then, and I was, uh, he he gave him such a glowing review, but then I couldn't, I mean, he was one of these people who I would care, I had, like, a list of people in my pocket Anytime I went into a used bookstore, they'd be like, let me see if I can find these things, because they don't exist otherwise, like, you can't find them, uh, and it took me many, many years to find it, he's still fairly difficult to find, unfortunately. Um, I've somehow managed to find two copies of this quarterly review of literature 40th anniversary issue put out that's all just like a retrospective of his work. But they're not so easy to find. Although I think I found one at a library book sale here. But I think it was just, you know, like, yeah, I was just like, okay, well, who knows? You know, you have these things there. But... To me, it's amazing how conversational his poetry really can be. I think this one's funny. (laughs) Talking about academics for a second. B.A. on the same theme. Unsatisfied, that's the word, as when your meanings talk across each other with your best girlfriend. I see my name buying at me like the blackest sheep of all. Now my associates have a great many degrees. B.A. wags after me like the can on a beaten cur's tail, reminiscing of Crow boy's victory. I feel like an academic futility. Who wants to be the facile to census A.B. from being to inevitable lowest depths? I tell you, I'm in a black mood, as in the voices of grieving Euripides. Woe is me. Dark. Dark? I think that one's funny Yeah, it is kind of funny (laughs) Alright But he can be a little dark, I suppose Alright, one more, one last one, huh A corsage Feeling like a very village of sorrow Just like Franz Schubert With each sad bourgeois Dolorously doleful I only said when you asked me For my life story Well, the world's a funny place And unpleasant things can happen I chewed the silence cryptic and stupidly. I felt diminished by myself, much like the passport photographs that make you look like an escaped convict or the victim of circumstances. I am the oyster shell after the succulent sea worms been devoured with only the pretense of sea in your cupped ear. The next day you wore a corsage of pansies, exultantly alive, Serious scholars of melancholy, brave and lion hearted with thoughtful thoughts. Now, in this wall of eyes before me, icy eyes, now in the Broadway, Seventh Avenue, Van Cortlandt subway, feeling quite walled in, Henry David Thoreau breaks the ice, says, Time is the stream I go a fishing in, what about you? I, Henry, will study those pansies, profoundest professors of the world's woes. I don't know. Maybe not. Maybe not now. Does that seem conversational? But to me, to be like someone in the 30s writing that. No, it, I think
2: you're you know? totally correct. I think he was way ahead of his time, like 30 years ahead.
0: It seems like I don't know, someone. Yeah, you know, like that seems like something someone would have been writing in the 50s or 60s, where your poetry is turning to being more conversational. Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he has his references in there. Yeah, he's still making his Mm -hmm. classical references and his things, but not in such a... Not in such an academic, haughty way. Like, it's kind of...
2: Yeah.
0: I don't know. I love that. David Schubert is awesome. If you can manage to find it, I think, unfortunately, no one has picked this up. If anyone wants a good person to reprint... It's someone who who needs to be reprinted, someone needs to republish his work. Uh, you know, I think this is the this I mean this isn't even a book, it's a magazine. Yeah. you know um, you can't find it <laughs> unfortunately <laughs> look at a
1: books see if something comes up.
0: Yeah, well yeah. you might be able to and, and you might like you might run across just a random copy of this. I mean that's what you're looking for. it's this this quarterly review literature, contemporary poetry series. I mean, I found two of them somehow, despite the rarity of the damn thing. Um, And yeah, you might find that one. Yeah, it's a good thing to keep an eye out for.
2: I'm so curious as to, because I've definitely heard that first poem you read before. I've read it somewhere. Some of this stuff I
0: think maybe has been anthologized, and maybe that one has been.
2: I mean, I fall down a lot of wormholes, so like trying to trace back to like you know.
0: But maybe if you read other I mean, I don't remember which ones Ashbury quoted in other traditions. That's the other possibility Mm. is that that might have been one of the ones that he included in there in that lecture. Yeah,
2: maybe. I think I remember him talking about him, but no, I've heard that from somewhere. I don't know. No, he's great.
0: Are we on the second round now? Is this yeah, thing, yeah ding, ding, time for second round of books.
2: Another round.
1: You. I am out. I'm right. completely out of my oh, mind. Oh,
2: He's got the jitters.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I'm all right. My we team. don't have to go in the same order. We mm-hmm. can. We don't have to. Oh, I think it works. Okay. Well, we all don't know. know who you have for <laughs> your second Fine. batch. I'm I'm going Italian for my yeah. second round. going to Italian, huh? Well, let's do it. Let's just go around the
2: circle. <laughs> this, uh... Actually, this book is on its second tour of New
1: Orleans. Okay.
2: I, uh... I brought it down twice now because it's such a... It's not a very large book, but it is, uh... It's plenty. It's, um... It's almost exhausting. It's uh, Exit Theater by Mike Lala, and, uh... He's, uh... He's pretty young. He's, like in his early 30s um and he seems like a real sweetheart but he's just like he's like a mad scientist of poetry like really like it's just so like i was telling you earlier like i think that poetry kind of like you know there's like a you know the spectrum of accessibility and there's some stuff that's like you know really easy to digest like you know Rupi Car, or, you know, I'd say that Frank Stanford is kind of like, you know, like, if you're a poet and you just want to, like, you know, drink a couple of beers and, like, you know, just really get into something, like, you know, that's cool. Well, but if like,
0: you're reading the short stuff, I think if you're gonna read Battlefield, you're on the other end of accessibility.
2: Yeah. But. Mm-hmm. I mean, he down you know, <laughs> but, but there's, you know, there's stuff that's just like, you know, like, yeah, alright, I can yeah. just sit down and read this. But
0: Mike Lala is on the Least accessible end of things, yeah.
2: (laughs) I don't want to say that it's not like completely like I was saying like it's not like glass piano or something. This but this is like I mean just he does he does sonic and visual stuff, so it's like. You crack this book open, and you're like, what the fuck am I looking at if you can't, like...
0: (laughs) Well, I mean, that first bit, I was like, oh, that's awesome, but I don't know how you'd read that. Yeah. Like, that's...
2: (laughs) (laughs) And it's just so... Everything is just, like, it's riddled with references, and... All of these just, like, it's almost like he just, like, slips them in. Like, he's just, like, it's very, like, it moves, but it's so sneaky. And you're like, wait, what? I don't know what you're talking about. I have no idea. And, like, you know, I'm not, like, I barely graduated high school. Like, you know, so I'm trying to read this is, like, it's insane. Like, you have to really, like, sit down and focus and, like, maybe have your computer so we you. We're gonna
0: we're going to have you to look shit up. Or like. Yeah,
2: you have to look shit up when you're yeah. reading this, for we're sure. Gonna,
0: you're going to read something in a second, but I think we should say that we are definitely going to include some links because some of the stuff you've got to hear him reading Mm it or see the visuals that go with it to be able to do it
2: but so well he yeah he does um his recordings are incredible they're all on soundcloud like you can find them through his website and they're really really cool he does like different voices and like you know kind of like i don't know he's very like it like it's uh, it's just so much more involved than just reading a book of poetry. Like, Mike Lala makes it everything, like, an experience. And, like, the... I love... Oh, my God. Just, like, the gun cabinet. All, all the recordings that he has from the gun cabinet, which is, like, a chapbook that he put out, um... I don't know, a couple years ago. It's, like, get ready to get wrecked. Like, <laughs> they're so... <laughs> they're very, like, they're, they're kind of, like... They're, like... Poetry noir, but there, you know, some of the stuff is just like, like, just gives you goosebumps. Ooh, it's so good. He's so good.
1: Read us something Uh, good.
2: Oh jeez, I think I might. There's a section titled "The screen lit up. Old. She took to foam the stitching slash cloth, and it was without form. Patches, clay." theme koji kondo 1985 pvc green paint astroturf and darkness on the face of the kingdom and her hand over the self cellophane water her hand over the plush fungi her hand over the void over the pecoon flower with piranha teeth bare and there I don't know if it continues on to the next page or not. <laughs> um, it's, it's almost actually, the, the way it's laid out, doesn't it kind of look like Ohio? <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I could read the one on the next page, too. Maybe they're connected. I'm sorry. <laughs> Flags wave in the dye cut up purple, blue, set out Dry, restitched, black, my America. She, dark stars set out a part of what we knew was blue, deep violet, black, no red or white though. Flag still on the drywall. Evening, evening, on the drywall, dark blue. See, this is just like I'm too afraid to read any of like. Uh, the really crazy like, but yeah, stuff. like I don't know how you'd
0: read some of that, but. I really like that, like, mashing together of die-cut and cut-up. Yeah, and I'm, like, That's just nice closing saying, my eyes when you're reading like, them. I don't I'm know like, how you read that.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I'm, like, trying to visualize these sort of, like, when you're reading them, I'm kind of just, like, seeing these dream-like, just simple descriptions of these set and setting, but, like, <sighs> situation. Do you want to... Like, right? Situation, set, and setting.
0: But the, like, he like, right, sets the tone of yeah, those two things. Like, it was like, I mean, at least it he set the
1: situation like, and then he yeah. describes the setting.
2: But also, those, and
1: scientific. like
0: seeing what the layout was like, it's also like the spaces are serving to create juxtapositions in a way that's very hard to. Yeah, well, I think this is a performed you know?
2: on the stage as well. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. I'm not sure, but well, I well think the
0: name of the a, book is yeah. So. he
2: has another. I think he just um like he just wrote a play and it was just performed, but I'm, I'm not sure. I've been keeping up on totally Mr. That, Lala, but
1: but that section that you read from is him,
2: that is is that a
0: pseudonym I suppose or is it his actual name?
2: I think it's his actual. name. It's his actual, actual sure. name.
1: Okay, so that section that you read those two pieces from, and I'd like to read one more actually, Mm -hmm. is called Portraits of the Artists as Their Own Subjects. First, the paper. She rolled in. The kitchen. Taped down. Cooked on, walked over, taped down, torn, smoothed over, over, again. Then, a camera. In the corner. An archive behind the portraits she hung in profile, singing dinners on the table, then bones in the shadow box, footprints on the scroll, from stove to sink and back. Lovely. Super cinematic yeah. for me. It's like one little, one little, just tiny little pinhole of a thing,
2: mm-hmm.
1: you know? And it's so encapsulated in its moment, but it's this sonorous, this, like, with the stacking that he creates, it's almost like painting that picture, that window, you know? Because mm-hmm. they're square, they're spread out. It's like, it's like an abstract scene, almost. There's something there with maybe how the, the whole thing comes together. Yeah. You know? Like, if you took a photograph and put a sheet of paper over the top of it and just wrote this poem
0: describing the scene...
2: Something, yeah, something like that. And I mean, some of them he he, the words
0: what? are. I'm just, I'm just I'm sorry. I'm just laughing at something. I'm just like flipping through, and there's this stuff in the beginning where it's like there's just this refrain in parentheses of "no photography" after every.
2: Yeah, I read that one this morning. That one's a. Like I mean, a that's heater.
0: great. <laughs> yeah, it's a longer poem, and it's just no photography. And then it goes through all these different things. Still life with compote and fruit beside Still life with compote, apples and oranges. No photography. Still life with pure one beside two. Young sailor condensed the meaning of his body by seeking its essential lines. No photography. Seated nude now without her white scarf, but the scarf no longer hides her pubis. No photography. Goldfish in pallet interior with goldfish. Ponce-Saint-Michel in police headquarters. The view outside through the window. No photography. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> All of them. (laughs) The mantra poems. That's cool. Yeah. What
2: about mantra poems? What's that? Nothing.
1: What (laughs) What about mantra poems?
2: Hmm? Well, I was just saying that about Frank, too. It's funny that they're very (laughs) different, but there is kind of like a similar, like, yeah, like that. I don't know, just like that chanter poetry. Yeah. Some of my favorite stuff. Like it just feels good,
0: you know, like well, it, like, and you can build things in that way that it's hard to build otherwise, right, yeah. like there's that there's a nice thing about that to be to give yourself that space, I mean, then to sidetrack us off of everything, but uh you know, like people want to talk about economy of language, and that's fine. And I mean, you don't want to waste space, but that's not wasted space when that repetition is getting you somewhere. When you're using that, yeah, you a know, mantra or whatever you want to call it, like that's building and the meaning shifting if you do it the right way, right? Like that's. I don't know. I mean it, it that can be a trap to fall into that economy of language thing sometimes. Right? Like that can be a trap because it limits what you're able to do where if you let yourself be over the top or let yourself repeat yourself, that can be a place to get to some things you wouldn't be able to get to otherwise, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. You kind of dial things in, right? Like, that's how you fall into one of those mantra poems. Like, you just hit you hit something. It's like an access point. And then you just, like, ride the wave of it, you know? And sometimes you remove it. Sometimes mm-hmm. you take that thing out, and then you have your poem, right? Yeah. But sometimes it's just you tap into this thing, this emotion that... for it, it It's like your base to, that you come back to, you know? I did one that's called... This poem's titled... Where it's just like, you I know, 50 lines Just like, one. this poem's titled, this poem's titled, this poem's <laughs> titled Um, pisses people off
0: There's actually, really that, bad, wasn't, really there's, people. that
1: wasn't
2: this <laughs> <bad.
0: laughs> That wasn't this episode, that was past Six Poets episode But I didn't, I forgot to mention that But when we were doing Albert Gobarth okay. he, has, he has this amazing list poem That's about, it's like a library And it's just listing different books Imagined books in the library It's just like this Insanely long (laughs) Like Coming up with all kinds of crazy Ideas you could have for books You know It's nice To have list poems or repeat poems And all these things you know Yeah Access points Yeah,
1: Surplus futures That's what I call them
0: all right, what you got next? Uh, I have I have a little,
1: little couple of little books here, a chapbook and a cool book, a little tall, weird, long, tall book to talk about leaving something in some space for creativity. And the name um, of the author is? Matthew Timmons, <laughs> my buddy, my pal, my once and future friend. Um, <laughs> uh, he's out in L.A. doing his radio show, I think K-Chung Radio, and he's still doing art exhibitions and all sorts of stuff. He used to work at... Uh, CalArts, doing uh, merging uh, poetics and design and um, sound work and crazy work, uh, visual work. Uh, A number of years ago, Matt and I actually went and toured Canada. We left after uh, the AWP in New York, and we decided to take a a, a flight over to um, like where we fly into Toronto or something. And we had a reading, and we had like we had three readings lined up, and then we came back through Cleveland and did two readings in Cleveland or the Lakes. We did like six reading tour. It's a fun little trip. Um, totally, really cool and weird being up in Canada. Everyone likes to make their own stuff up there, which is cool. And one of the things that Matt's really into and has been over the years is like making his own books and putting things together. So I've got a couple of cool books. One's called Lip Service, um, which was put up by Slack Buddha, I think, if I remember correctly.
0: I really like. like uh, La Parique. I really like the proportions Sorry. of this other one. I really like the proportions of the. Uh... Yeah. Yeah, I want to look
1: at that. Li- this is Lip Service. This is like yeah. got some cool graphic in the front, but. This is the La Perique editions from
0: Slackwood Press for lip service. Check it out. Rob used is out of there. And very different looking books from each other, which is nice. Too. And then I think yeah. is that Le Fugue? Le Fugue. I don't. I don't know them. And yeah. the the fig. The fig. The figures. Right. Press, which is apparently from L.A. But and I really love the proportions of this. Yeah, there, yeah. yeah.
1: And it's well, um, nice. the new poetics, which I think is this is like another surplus future. And I would, that's why I introduced to introduce this new product, as a Surplus Future, because what Matt did in this book, um, and it's the Trench Art, the Maneuver Series Trench Art, and what he did is he created this... He basically, I think, if I remember correctly, he created an index, a table of contents first. And then he he basically created this table of contents that has, like, 200 things in it. Like, like 100... And, no, it's like 100... And, It's more than 200 things. It's 104 pages, 110 pages, but it has like 300 things in it. That's like the new, the new whatever, right? So it's like stuff like this, like the new acrostic, the new aesthetic, the new, new aesthetic statement, the new effect, the new Alexandrine, the new approach to nature, the new art, the new art form, the new ashes, the new author function. And he just wrote this table of contents first. And then he created this as a workbook where he wrote an introduction and he pulled some of these like excerpts and things of where he pulled. He talks about where he got it from, and then he he dropped in this like dictionary that you could then go into the blank spaces and add your own okay. definitions of yeah. those things. Okay. So here we go. Here we got this cool uh, chap that Slack Buddha put out called Lip Service, and it's just all about mouths and lips and blah blah blah. Okay. So let me read a couple because it's pretty funny. Then you pressed my tongue down toward the floor of my mouth and had me say, like, ah, like a patient. I figured you'd tell me not to stick out my tongue. Has this made it dangerous to be a student driver? I went home later, laid around, played guitar, both of which came in noisy spurts like a horned-up Texan, tongue-fingering saliva at any bee booped honey in sight. A very thick shape often begins in the soft and moist that Skin that lines the inside of my mouth, nose, and throat. Can it also be found on the tongue and the lips? I, mu- I mumble through bruised lips with this badly cut tongue. I didn't know anyone had the kind of that kind of power. I'll keep asking the good Lord to help me out to finally settle on age-old spit or swallow conundrum. I prefer the who-do-what-you-feel strategy unless there's funky spunk involved. That's really no reason not to take a small sip of, for flavor, drawing a little ear in through your lips... I use my tongue to swill the wine around my mouth and chew at it. My bottom lips seemed to be trembling as my teeth ground together and bit into a thick wad of chewing gum, or maybe that wasn't my tongue.
2: It's kind of oddly filthy.
0: So that's kind of the, I guess, the concept, right? It's called lip service. It's like all mouth sexual stuff. Yeah,
1: oral fixation. <laughs> oral fixation. Uh,
2: mouth is mouth right. sexual stuff. I mean, don't get me wrong, I am all about it, but like.
1: Damn. I mean, it's yeah. There's a little. There's a little. It's it's. it's, There's a little tongue in cheek in here. (laughs) Sorry. Yeah. I mean, it's hard to read. It gets your tongue tied. (laughs) A little bit.
0: How many mouth puns can we
2: make? (laughs) No. Don't encourage. Please (laughs) Please don't encourage him. (laughs) We
0: chew on it a while. Oh, <sighs> uh, I know, right? Who put who who did that one? Who did that
1: chapbook? Uh Slack Buddha. That's what I'm saying. Okay, cool. Yeah, you know Bill and Lisa Howe out of um, when they were down in Oxford did this whole cool series of uh, of these like ready-made uh, chapbooks. And all, it's got
0: like, like which is kind of neat. He's got these like weird like vintage dental yeah, photos in there,
1: images in here. which are kind of neat. Yeah. I know Matt's done a bunch of other books. You should all look up Matt. Look up Matt. uh, But Matt's done a bunch of books since these books. These are old books, and um, super old books. So uh, the new, the new poetics. uh, Yeah, there's all sorts of all sorts of little weird pieces that you got to add to it.
2: All right, last bullet. (laughs) Your
0: girl needs a cigarette. Let's go. So, I need something. I'm delving back into my strange Italian futurist obsession. Uh, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, which I really, one day we're going to get Paul Evangelisti on this podcast, and he's the only American who can talk to us about this, I think. But uh, my last poet is Carata Costa, who is another member of Grupo 63. Um he was a lawyer it was his day job. Uh but he did some pretty like a lot of the Group of 63 people did some pretty experimental work. Some really nice stuff. He's got a lot of things like talking about film and poetry which it, very like which, you know, I mean to be doing that in the 60s is pretty cool. He was another one of the members of the people who were editing Tam Tam, which is an awesome Italian Magazine, which which got all kinds of great, crazy visual poetry and stuff in it, and is really nice. Um, Unfortunately, there's not too much translated into English from him, but there is some good stuff. There is some anthologies that have some things out there. This first one is from one of these anthologies, and it's one of his... I like some of his movie ones, so this one's pretty cool. It's called They Go See Three Movies. 1. In terms of light. So then they make us continuously watch movies with actors who run faster than the film. The speed of the film is constant. Occasionally we continue watching movies continuously at the same speed with actors who are much slower than the film. We don't know if we came in before or after. 2. I survive by a silk thread reminding me that the origin of human existence is almost entirely based on nothing. They even make us watch an old Chinese movie. The old Chinese movie lasts three days and three nights. We find ourselves on a desolate plain where three armored horsemen meet only by day in pursuit of three armored horsemen who meet by night. 3. The Life of Lenin with absolute fidelity, the real time of Lenin's life is respected. Reproduced with absolute fidelity, the dreams and insomnia of Lenin, the crucial moments of childhood, the school years, everything's repeated, even random conversations at a bus stop, the silences are respected, the lapses, the movie lasts 54 years, you should see it at least twice.
1: And that's translated from the Italian
0: Yeah <laughs> That's Paul Vangelisti translating it Who I want to be on the show Because oh, he's maybe. like He's that's the it. he's the best American um, Scholar on these Grupo 63 Italian poets I like that cover. Italian I like the cover a lot And I think he also translated This wonderful little Book Our Positions uh, Which is a really pretty looking book too but I like these two that kind of go together and They're short The shadow that doesn't move of a bird flown away It's gone away They were made with the talons They are the tracks that were made They show it's gone away Or it's returned precisely here to the place it was before The shadow flown away of a bird that doesn't move it was without seeing him that it was said, Now you may go or stay with us in the dark, where one does not touch the light. Wow, those are great. Those are nice. I don't know, Karana is really interesting, you know. I don't know, I mean, I, I just, I, this is like to beautiful me, bucket. I want to, I want to like. To do those, like, just like that. It is a beautiful looking book. This is uh, this was this is a in translation book, but 1975 Los Angeles so printed cool. stuff. It's so cool. cool. You know, it's a yeah. nice format. It's a
2: nice. I love weird sizes. It's my totally. Favorite
1: yeah, this is like such a, a neat little batter. like
0: yeah throw in the back pocket type of jam.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah. I don't know. I mean, it's weird to me. Like you've got this thing. Like you're saying, like Italian futurists. It kind of is, but futurists are earlier, right? This is like this stuff in the '60s and '70s in Italy is just so unknown in America, and there was some really cool yeah. stuff going on. This book know?
1: is is amazing. I want this book. Yeah, it's you a great. Know, that's a great collection. Post-avant-garde, you know, collection put out by Invisible City. It's just so cool. I like how it looks. I like how I feel I it feels. I mean, I don't
0: know. I don't like why. Why is that something? I mean, you don't think of. Italian experimental poetry, right? I just think that it's think a, of just like, doesn't from that it time over. period. It just I've seen some of the stuff. Some know? of yeah. it, yeah, some of that is like gotten big enough, especially some of that visual poetry. Maybe you know, Derek. This well, looks like I put no, I put that one in our visual poetry workbook. That's no, why you this, recognize this, this that one,
1: one. This one here, <laughs> this other piece here. Sorry, we're getting off topic and talking about poetry. But that one piece there that looks like looks. Oh yeah,
0: that yeah, that's kind of a similar thing. Yeah. But that you also are recognizing that because I put that in our workbook. Oh yeah, shit. Because <laughs> it's cool. Like there's gr- they had great visual poetry too, which is I mean I know we do think of Italy as having good visual poetry, but some of it is just really falling in the cracks. I sure. Don't know.
1: Things just don't things you know there's a lot there's so much stuff that's undiscovered in other languages that doesn't make it in English and stuff like that is ridiculously awesome.
0: Well.
2: Really good ones. Yours
0: were so good. Really. Thank you. Stoked on it. Well, yeah, and I don't know. Man, look, Paul Vangelesti, I know you're my Facebook friend, so... If you're hearing... Maybe you might listen to this episode, (laughs) and if so, we really want to have you as a guest on this episode so you can talk to us about this cool Italian poetry that no one knows about except for you in America. (laughs) That's a very specific... (laughs) Shout out to one person, but we're going to try it. (laughs) You heard it works. Zena, thank you so much. Uh, That was cool. I like the Mike Lala, and I'm always happy to talk about Frank Stanford. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, we'll be back again next week with God knows what.
1: Indeed. (laughs) See you next week.